Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. This episode contains distressing themes, profanity, and descriptions of violence. This podcast is intended for a mature audience. Listener caution is advised. They Walk Among Us is part of the Acast Creator Network. Wedding days are often cherished as one of life's most memorable occasions, filled with anticipation for a bright future. In October 2021, Dawn Walker embarked on this journey as she married her partner of three years, Thomas Nutt. In the registry office, Dawn skipped traditional white or ivory, choosing a vibrant red dress. The couple exchanged vows, but Dawn had some reservations. She confided in friends that she feared something bad would happen to her. On a day that was meant to represent the pinnacle of happiness, this eerie premonition came true. I knew that he'd kill someone one day, and I told CPS this years ago, you know, that... And I do believe that if they'd have talked my charges a bit seriously, Dot... A woman like Dawn would have not looked at him twice. He has refused to engage. Um, He refused to give evidence in court and to give the family the opportunity to hear what he'd done to Dawn. He was strangling me. I had to try and fight him to get get him off me. I screamed, I ran for my life, and he caught up with me downstairs. Welcome to Season 8, Episode 4 of They Walk Among Us a podcast dedicated to UK true crime. Dawn Walker was a 52-year-old proud mother of three and grandmother of one from Lightcliffe 
a village in Brick House, West Yorkshire. Dawn was cherished for her kind and caring nature and would go to great lengths for her family, even extending her compassion to people in need. One of her friends recalled to a reporter for the Daily Mirror, she was the soundest person you could meet. She was friendly and generous. She once paid for a disabled man shopping when he was short. One of Dawn's daughters, Cody, said of her mother, she was the best mum anyone could ever ask for. She had the best smile and lived her life to the fullest. She was selfless. She was funny. And she was kind. Dawn Walker worked at Rastrick High School in Brickhouse, and in 2018 through Facebook, she connected with scrap merchant Thomas Nutt. After chatting for some time, they decided to meet in person, and their relationship blossomed rapidly. Within weeks, Nutt moved into Dawn's home on Shirley Grove. Their love for one another was often displayed on social media, with Nutt affectionately referring to Dawn as his very special queen. In January 2021, Thomas Nutt proposed to Dawn, and she accepted. The couple looked forward to their wedding day, which took place on October 27, 2021, at a small ceremony held at the registry office in Halifax, West Yorkshire. Thomas Nutt wore a stylish grey suit complemented by a red tie, while Dawn looked radiant in a red dress and matching fascinator. A handful of family and friends were in attendance, and one recalled, It was a lovely wedding, and Dawn looked beautiful. After the ceremony, the celebration continued with a reception held at the Prince Albert Pub, known locally as the Pop Inn. It seemed the atmosphere was filled with happiness as everyone enjoyed the wedding reception. Eventually, Thomas Nutt and Dawn Walker bid farewell to their loved ones. They left the venue in a taxi around 10.20pm, marking the beginning of their married life together. The following morning, Thomas Nutt engaged in conversations with his neighbours about the events of the previous night. He mentioned that he and Dawn were embarking on their honeymoon trip to Skegness in their caravan that day. Nutt then visited his neighbour Malcolm Cranshaw, to share a slice of wedding cake while receiving congratulations on the nuptials. Nutt jokingly remarked that Dawn was still in bed, recovering from a hangover. Locals later noticed that the couple's caravan was absent from their driveway, indicating that they had indeed departed for a relaxing post-wedding getaway in Skegness. The weekend passed quietly, and on October 30th, Dawn Walker's daughter, Kira Lee Guest, received a text message from her mother who appeared to be using Kira's new stepfather's phone. 
In the message, Dawn explained that she had misplaced her own phone and asked if Kira would meet her at Wilkinson's shop in Brickhouse the following morning. Kira agreed, but to her dismay, Dawn never showed up. Concerned as her mother was known for being punctual, Kira patiently waited before contacting her mother's new husband. Thomas Nutt informed Kira that Dawn had left their home around 9.30 that morning. In a hurry, he rushed out of the house and drove to meet Kira in Brickhouse. Together, they searched local shops and inquired if anyone had seen Dawn. Kira grew increasingly frantic, but Nutt suggested that Dawn might be playing a prank, saying, I bet she's doing tricks. It's Halloween, isn't it? After hours of searching, Nutt finally contacted the police at around 12.20pm to report that his new wife was missing. He mentioned that Dawn had failed to meet her daughter, and during the call Nutt disclosed that his wife had a history of mental health issues and suffered from epileptic seizures. PC Thomas Kershaw was dispatched to the couple's residence to gather information from Dawn's husband. As PC Kershaw approached the house, Nutt emerged visibly sweaty and out of breath. He explained that he had hurriedly gone to the local shop to buy cigarettes. Concerned about Dawn's mental health, Thomas Nutt further revealed that she had bipolar disorder and struggled with depression. He also shared a worrying detail, mentioning that Dawn had quietly been fighting alcohol addiction, stating, My mate down the road has seen her many a time. She's a secret drinker where she's gone for a drink but not gone to the pub, gone to off-license and bought a drink. P.C. Kershaw proceeded to ask Thomas Nutt routine questions, inquiring about the lead-up to Dawn's disappearance. Nutt explained that the couple had travelled to Skegness in their caravan for their honeymoon after the wedding. Despite the rainy weather, they had a pleasant time watching DVDs in the caravan parked in a lay-by. The officer suggested putting an appeal on social media, but Nutt dismissed the offer, telling him, I don't want her coming home later on and then seeing it all over Facebook. He then mentioned an incident from the previous year when Dawn had an asthma attack and the neighbours called the police. She had felt embarrassed by the attention. Thomas Nutt speculated that if there were significant media coverage of Dawn's disappearance, she might react negatively upon her return. After providing his statement to the officer, Nutt discussed Dawn's disappearance with neighbours, and one local, Shane Barkham, joined him while searching a cemetery between Halifax and Siddle. Shane was told that Dawn liked to visit the cemetery and point out children's graves. During the search, 
Thomas Nutt made a strange remark, expressing a relief that someone accompanied him so that people would not suspect him of murdering Dawn. After Shane shared Thomas Nutt's unsettling comments with his partner Anne-Marie Metcalf, she recalled an incident just before P.C. Kershaw's arrival. Anne-Marie had witnessed Nutt dragging a large suitcase through the back garden. Coincidentally, Anne-Marie wasn't the only neighbour to witness this. Another neighbour standing on his doorstep smoking a cigarette observed Thomas Nutt wheeling the suitcase across a road and down an alleyway. They recalled, I thought it was rubbish. I thought he was tipping because there's a lot of fly-tipping around here. Describing how Nutt's actions appeared suspicious, the neighbour went on to say, He stopped and he was looking around. He was looking from side to side. He didn't see me. Then he, like, ran across to the snicket with the suitcase. I didn't think he wanted anyone to see him. He went down the snicket and just stood there. Whatever was inside the suitcase appeared to be heavy, and Thomas Nutt was out of breath. A chilling feeling settled in Anne-Marie Metcalf's stomach. She heard about Thomas Nutt's strange comments. She shared her observations with her partner Shane Barkham, and they decided to investigate where the suitcase had gone and what was inside. Walking along the alleyway, they discovered the discarded suitcase Nutt had hauled over the fence. Anne-Marie unzipped it cautiously and was horrified by what was inside, the lifeless body of Dawn Walker. Dawn was clothed, wearing a white pyjama top and matching trousers. Her body was contorted, with her face towards the wheels and her legs twisted in an unnatural angle. Immediately realising the severity of the situation, Anne-Marie and Shane called the police, who swiftly arrived at the scene along with forensic experts. Officers cordoned off the area with crime scene tape, drawing the attention of curious neighbours who gathered to observe the unfolding police activity. One neighbour commented, I am gobsmacked. There is no other word for it. It is devastating. I have lived here for 40 years, and what has happened is just terrible. Meanwhile, Dawn Walker's body was removed from the scene and taken for examination. A pathologist noted that Dawn had suffered significant injuries to her neck, as well as deep bruising to her face and fractures to her nose and left eye socket. She had a bruise inside her mouth, and the back of her right shoulder was bruised along with her arms. In an effort to get Dawn's body into the suitcase, her legs and ribs had been broken after death. 
the police were eager to speak with Thomas Nutt, but soon after Dawn's body was found, he fled from the home they had shared. However, at approximately 5.15 that evening, something surprising happened. Nutt turned himself in and confessed to killing his wife. He claimed that upon their return from the honeymoon in Skegness, Dawn became furious and demanded a divorce. He told the officers that her mood swings were due to her depression and bipolar disorder, which explained her sudden change of heart. According to Nutt's account, after Dawn asked for a divorce, she began screaming. In an attempt to silence her, he struck her in the face and then placed his arm around her neck. He explained to the officers, Within a few seconds, it felt like a few seconds, her body just went limp and dropped out of my arms. Nutt vividly described how Dawn appeared lifeless. She was not breathing and had no pulse. Nutt said he did not know what to do next. Claiming to be in a state of panic and fear, he opened a kitchen cupboard, removed some Christmas lights and placed Dawn's body inside. He justified not calling for an ambulance, believing that Dawn was already dead, stating, There was nothing I could do. Overwhelmed by shock, Thomas Nutt recalled sitting on the bed. He was trembling and scared. He then resorted to sending text messages to Dawn's daughter, Kira, pretending to be Dawn, and arranging a meeting in Brickhouse the following morning. He proceeded to search for Dawn with Kira, showing photographs to people in Brickhouse and asking if they had seen her, well aware of the reason why she could not be found. Upon returning home and reporting Dawn missing, Nutt went upstairs and retrieved a roller suitcase from the wardrobe. He removed Dawn's body from the cupboard, but as rigor mortis had set in, her body had stiffened. In an attempt to fit her remains into the suitcase, Nutt callously broke his new wife's legs and ribs. Nutt dragged the suitcase containing Dawn's lifeless body through the house and then outside, later confessing, I had gone through the gate at the bottom of the garden where there's a load of rubbish, and I chucked the suitcase over. He wheeled the suitcase down Nunleyaroid in Lightcliffe and discarded it in a grassy area before it was later found by curious neighbours. A revelation that Thomas Nutt had been arrested for Dawn Walker's murder came as a massive surprise to everybody who knew the couple especially those who had attended the wedding just days earlier. Tributes came flooding in for Dawn, as her family posted on social media that she was a loving daughter, mother, nana, sister, auntie and friend. George Robinson, who represented the Hipper Home and Lightcliff Ward on Calderdale Council, 
announced he was contacting the authorities to ask what plans there were to engage and support the local community. He stated, I've also asked if the local schools have been briefed and how our young people will be supported. We're a close-knit community in Lightcliffe, and it's an upsetting time for everyone. Please do check in on your neighbours to ensure they are okay. On November 2nd, 2021, Thomas Nutz was officially charged with the murder of Dawn Walker. The following morning, dressed in a grey tracksuit, he appeared at Bradford and Keithley Magistrates Court where he briefly spoke to confirm his details. When he was told he was to be remanded into custody and scheduled to return to court the next day, he simply replied, Yeah, no worries. During his appearance via video link from HMP Leeds, Nutt admitted to ending the life of Dawn Walker. His counsel, Abigail Langford, acknowledged that Nutt accepted responsibility for killing his new wife. However, Langford indicated that the key issue in the case would be her client's intention arguing that Nutt did not intend to cause Dawn's death or inflict serious harm upon her. The barrister stated, He accepts unlawfully killing his wife. She also revealed that Nutt had agreed to undergo psychiatric assessment, considering the circumstances and background of the case. As is common with a crime such as this, Nutt had been told by the judge that the magistrate's court did not have sufficient sentencing powers to deal with such a serious offence, and the case would be referred to the Crown Court, where the defendant would be judged by a jury of his peers. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. 
For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. This episode of They Walk Among Us is brought to you in association with Centair. Ever entered a seemingly perfect space only to feel like something was missing? That's where Centair comes in. With over three decades of experience, Centair leads the scent marketing industry, scenting resorts, retail outlets, event spaces and more, partnering with major brands like Westin Hotels and Snap Fitness. Chances are you've already encountered their fragrances firsthand, and now Centair is offering you a luxury fragrance experience in the comfort of your home. Visit Centair.com to explore their online store and infuse your spaces with unforgettable scents. Centair diffusers are sleek and fill your space with vivid fragrance for up to 300 hours. And the Centair app lets you schedule your fragrance and control your intensity right from your phone. What's more, all of Centair's more than 60 fragrances are phthalate-free, cruelty-free, safe for families and EcoVad is certified sustainable. Differentiate your space with scent. Try luxury home fragrance trusted by the pros by going to centair.com and using promo code Among Us for an extra 25% off your first order. That's promo code Among Us for an extra 25% off your first order at centair.com. Thomas Nutt's arrest shed light on a deeply disturbing reality. Appearances can often be deceiving. While those acquainted with the couple believed they had a perfect relationship, it emerged that Nutt had a history of abuse and had previously targeted another partner. Prior to his relationship with Dawn Walker, Nutt was involved with a woman named Kimberly Alcock, whom he began dating in 2005 after they met at a travelling fairground. Their relationship had progressed quickly. Within three weeks, Kimberly moved into Nutt's caravan as they travelled around the north of England, with Nutt working as a ride operator. Kimberly had children from a previous relationship, and she recollected, It was a whirlwind romance, and I thought he was lovely. The children thought they were on a constant holiday. Initially, Thomas Nutt treated Kimberly kindly, showing no signs of aggression or violence. However, after two years together and following the birth of their son, he became violent during a disagreement about their child's name. Recounting what happened to a reporter for Yorkshire Live, Kimberly said... Thomas went into a rage and started punching me in the head and face repeatedly. I thought he was going to kill me. He also confiscated Kimberly's phone and prevented her from leaving the house, 
fearing she would report the assault. Despite the abuse, Kimberly remained in the relationship. She stayed for a decade, enduring ongoing mistreatment. When she was pregnant with their second child, Thomas Nutt threw a mop bucket filled with bleach over her head. Kimberly gave birth to two daughters, but Nutt displayed disinterest in them, but conversely showed an obsession with their son. Kimberly remarked, He hates women. He has a deep hatred of women. In 2015, Nutt violently grabbed Kimberly, dragging her downstairs with his arms wrapped around her throat, repeatedly striking her in the head. It was after this attack Kimberly managed to raise the alarm. After posting the word help on Facebook, a neighbour noticed, heard screams and promptly alerted the police. Thomas Nutt vehemently denied any accusations, asserting he was merely trying to defend himself against Kimberly's attack. However, while awaiting trial, he set fire to Kimberly's Honda Civic, a blaze which subsequently spread to the garage attached to the house where their children were sleeping. Eventually, Nutt was found guilty of common assault needing Kimberly to obtain a restraining order against him. Despite the legal measures in place, Nutt continued to harass Kimberly from a distance, even resorting to sending shattered Easter eggs to her home with a chilling message, Did the kids enjoy Easter? In 2019, Kimberly Alcock discovered that Thomas Nutt had entered into a new relationship with Dawn Walker. Concerned for her safety, Kimberly reached out to Dawn and issued a stark warning about Nutt's violent tendencies. You will end up killing you one day. Get out, she cautioned. Unfortunately, Dawn dismissed Kimberly's concerns. Thomas Nutt had denied the assault allegations and fabricated a false narrative to Dawn, claiming that Kimberly had cheated on him as the reason for their separation. Dawn Walker and Thomas Nutt's relationship had also progressed rapidly, but it soon became marred by frequent arguments after Nutt moved in with Dawn and her daughter Kira. According to Kira, Nutt was a physically imposing man with a booming voice who could swiftly escalate from calm to furious in mere seconds. He constantly accused Dawn of being difficult and frequently snapped at her. Over time, Dawn transformed from a lively and amicable woman to being fearful, constantly walking on eggshells and carefully monitoring her words. Shortly after Kira's 18th birthday, an intense argument between her and Thomas Nutt led to Dawn evicting Kira from their home. Recognising how Nutt was negatively affecting her mother's well-being, 
Kira had attempted to defend Dawn, but it resulted in her moving out. In September 2019, Kira relocated to Egypt. However, she maintained close contact with her mother, speaking to her over the phone each day. When Kira returned to visit in late January 2020, she immediately noticed a further escalation in the abusive nature of Dawn and Thomas Nutt's relationship. Her outspoken mother had transformed into a submissive woman, subjected to Nutt's volatile behaviour. Kira recalled that Nutt would become unhinged over the most minor matters, constantly blowing things out of proportion. On the second day of Kira's visit, Dawn fell ill and went to bed. Nutt, accustomed to Dawn making him a cup of tea, grew furious when she couldn't due to her illness. He stormed upstairs, barged into the bedroom and began screaming at Dawn, accusing her of being a different person because her daughter was present. Kira travelled back to Egypt for two weeks, but upon her return to the UK, she discovered she was pregnant. Consequently, she moved in with her mother and Thomas Nutt further exacerbating the tense atmosphere within the household. Kira recalled constant arguments between the couple, emphasising Nutt's disdain for women and his greater respect for men. As the situation continued to deteriorate, Dawn reached out to her partner's ex Kimberly Alcock on Facebook in July 2020. Dawn confessed that Thomas Nutt had been abusive towards her and inquired about Kimberly's experience with him. Dawn questioned why Kimberly had a restraining order against Thomas Nutt, and Kimberly revealed that it stemmed from his conviction for assaulting her. Up until then, Nutt had successfully manipulated Dawn into believing that no charges had been filed and that Kimberly had fabricated the abuse allegations. Now confronted with the truth, Dawn admitted to Kimberly that her partner terrified her. Once again, Kimberly urged Dawn to escape before it was too late. Dawn's daughter Kira was not the sole witness to the abusive dynamics within Dawn and Nutt's relationship. Their neighbour Malcolm Cranshaw also became aware of the troubling situation. In August 2020, he heard a woman's screams coming from their home, followed by Dawn's desperate plea to be left alone. Concerned, Malcolm knocked on their door. He received no response. However, he could still hear Dawn's cries from inside. Malcolm entered through the unlocked door and proceeded to the bottom of the stairs, where he called out to Thomas Nutt, exclaiming, What the hell are you doing? Nutt appeared at the top of the stairs and assured Malcolm that everything was fine, claiming that Dawn was experiencing an asthma attack. Unconvinced, Malcolm heard Dawn's voice from above, 
urging Malcolm not to believe Nut and stating that he was attempting to kill her. Following this incident on September 11th, Dawn dialed 999 to report Thomas Nutt's attack. During the call, she disclosed that he had tried to snap her neck and mentioned that Nutt had a history of violence and had inflicted harm on his ex-partner. Tearfully, she described Nutt as a psychopath, noting his unpredictable behaviour. Dawn informed the operator that the couple had been together for several years and that the abuse had been escalating steadily. Fearful for her safety, Dawn confessed that if Nutt discovered her call to the police, he would kill her. Later that day, he was apprehended and charged with assault. However, on September 22nd, Dawn provided a statement retracting her support for Thomas Nutt's prosecution. She attributed her previous allegations to her mental health and heavy drinking, claiming that Nutt was only trying to restrain her during moments when she was becoming uncontrollable. Then on October 1st, Dawn gave a statement to an independent solicitor, attempting to retract her initial allegations. She admitted to presenting an inaccurate account of the events, citing her erratic and confused state, her bipolar disorder, and her failure to take her prescribed medication. Nevertheless, Thomas Nutt was convicted of the assault. While serving his sentence, Dawn confided in Kira that Nutt had raped her in the past. After his release, the couple reconciled, and in January 2021, they decided to get engaged. Despite a history of abuse, Dawn still wanted to marry Thomas Nutt, but couldn't shake off her fears. As the wedding day approached, Dawn reached out to her friend June via text expressing her uncertainty and gut instinct telling her to run away. Feeling unable to confide in anyone, Dawn hesitated to fully share her concerns. June responded, acknowledging that it could just be nerves or possibly her intuition. She suggested that Dawn talk to Kira, but Dawn dismissed the idea believing her daughter to be biased due to their close relationship. Nonetheless, Dawn continued with the wedding preparations. However, on the day of the wedding, October 27th, she appeared nervous and unhappy, as noticed by Kira. Dawn confessed her fears that something terrible would happen such as Thomas Nutt leaving her at the altar or having another family. Kira tried to reassure her mother, and Dawn agreed that her worries were just paranoia. The wedding proceeded as planned, with Dawn hastily putting on her wedding dress just five minutes before they were due to leave. Although Dawn was not known to be a heavy drinker, 
Witnesses recall her consuming shots and pints throughout the night. Despite it being one of the supposed happiest days of her life, there was an underlying unease. The last sighting of Dawn Walker alive was by a taxi driver who dropped the newlywed couple off at their home after the wedding reception. Shortly thereafter, in the early hours of the morning, Thomas Nutt was seen alone at a cash point. Sometime between the taxi ride and the following morning, Dawn was killed. Nutt attempted to cover his tracks, telling neighbours about their honeymoon plans in Skegness. Nutt had in fact embarked on the trip alone, driving their caravan and passing through a toll bridge around 10.50am. A CCTV camera recorded Nutt driving the vehicle, but Dawn was not visible in the passenger seat. He then stopped at a familiar lay-by they often frequented and sent a text message to Kira, claiming that they had gone away for a few days and that Dawn had lost her mobile phone. Approximately an hour after Nutt called 999 to report Dawn missing, a CCTV camera captured him near their home, dragging a suitcase containing her body through the garden and then over a fence. Around the same time, PC Thomas Kershaw was coming to the house to gather more information from Dawn's new husband. He arrived just as Nutt did and noticed the excessive sweating after Nutt had disposed of Dawn's body in the nearby grass. The officer received an explanation that Nutt had just rushed to the shop to buy cigarettes. After providing a statement, Nutt was again recorded by a CCTV camera using his foot to erase the tracks left by the suitcase wheels on the garden footpath. News of Dawn's death travelled fast, quickly reaching Thomas Nutt's former partner Kimberly Alcock who was contacted through social media. I'd got a message request off of someone on uh, Facebook, what, what I didn't know from Adam, and she'd gone on to say, ah, oh, you don't know me, but Dawn told me about the conversations you two used to have. Um, so I messaged her back um, saying question mark, because normally when a woman reaches out to me, you don't know what they're going to come out with as he attacked someone else um, and she said how psycho Tom used to be so I said oh don't tell me he striked you meaning I thought and it's another victim and uh, then she went on to say no he's killed her, yes killed her yesterday and she sent me the police report An inquest into Dawn Walker's murder opened on November 16th, 2021. Senior Coroner Martin Fleming told the hearing how a post-mortem had been carried out, and a pathologist concluded that Dawn's cause of death was strangulation. The coroner then revealed that Nutt's defence team had requested a second post-mortem. Before the inquest was adjourned, 
He agreed to suspend his coroner's investigation until the outcome of the court proceedings against Thomas Nutt. Another hearing was scheduled to determine whether a second post-mortem was to be carried out. The accused appeared via video link once more on February 20th, 2022, where Judge Jonathan Rose announced that the trial was scheduled to begin on July 25th. Nutt again returned for a further hearing on April 21st, where Nutt's barrister Stephen Wood QC announced that his client admitted unlawful act to manslaughter. This meant the nut would still be standing trial for the murder charge. His barrister went on to say that no psychiatric defence was going to be raised during the trial, but informed the court that Thomas Nutt had some serious physical health problems that would need to be accommodated when he next appeared. While awaiting trial, Nutt had suffered a burst hernia in prison and required an operation. He was also on morphine for the pain, which affected his concentration and ability to sit for long periods. On July 25th, 2022, with the jury in place, the trial began at Bradford Crown Court. Prior to the proceedings, Judge Jonathan Rose informed the jurors that evidence would be presented in various forms. Some witnesses would testify in person and be cross-examined, while others would have their statements read aloud. Additionally, there would be documents containing agreed-upon facts since Nutt had already pleaded guilty to unlawful act manslaughter. During opening statements, Prosecutor Alistair MacDonald QC addressed the court. It is often said that someone's wedding day and the period immediately following is one of the happiest times of their life. He explained that this was not the case for Dawn Walker because, quote, her body was found stuffed into a suitcase and dumped into some undergrowth in a field towards the back of the defendant's house four days after she was married. The prosecution put forward their theory that shortly after the wedding, Dawn had asked for a divorce, which triggered Thomas Nutt's violent outburst. While Nutt claimed to the police that the victim's death was accidental, the prosecution disputed this claim. Alistair MacDonald QC informed the jury that Nutt had attempted to cover his tracks and lie to the police about driving with Dawn to Skegness in their caravan. In reality, there was no honeymoon trip to Skegness. Nutt had killed Dawn before embarking on the journey alone creating the illusion that they were together. Highlighting how Dawn was not seen when Nutt was recorded on CCTV from a toll bridge, the prosecutor stated, It is perfectly plain, say the prosecution, that the passenger seat is empty. You can clearly see from that footage the seat itself and its shape. No one is sitting in that seat. 
before setting off Nut had disturbingly put up Halloween decorations including police tape. According to Alistair MacDonald QC, when Nut began searching for Dawn at the shops in Brick House after Kira informed him she had never shown up, the quote, Hard and stark reality was that he knew perfectly well that her body was lying dead in a cupboard at the marital home. Donald told the jury, He knew she was there because he had killed her, and he put her body there before stuffing it into a suitcase, breaking bones in order to achieve that objective, before wheeling that suitcase to a place at which he dumped her body. The prosecutor paused for a moment to allow the gravity of the details to sink in, then continued, It is the prosecution's case that when he struck as he did and strangled his wife to death, he intended on delivering those injuries to cause her at least really serious harm and that he is guilty of murder. Drawing attention to the previous attack Nutt had committed on his former partner Kimberly, Alistair MacDonald QC stated, You may think that there are remarkable similarities in the defence he ran on that occasion and what he has said in his defence here. The prosecution makes no bones about this. That defence was as contrived then as it is in this case. On the first day of the trial, the jury listened to Kira Lee Guest's police interview. She recounted that after searching for her mother with Thomas Nutt, he dropped her off at home. Kira mentioned calling Nutt around 4pm and planning for him to pick her up 15 minutes later. However, soon after she received a call from her sister informing her that their mother had been found dead. Expressing her confusion, she said, I don't understand how he could take me round Brick House looking for mum when she was dead in the house. He cannot say he did that by accident when he left her in a cupboard. I should have listened to mum when she said something bad was going to happen. Maybe she wouldn't have died. The focus then shifted to the relationship between the newly married couple and the jury heard statements from various individuals detailing the abuse Dawn suffered. Neighbour Malcolm Cranshaw testified about the incident in August 2020 when he heard Dawn screaming from inside the house. Malcolm and his wife June had been invited to the wedding but could not attend as June was ill. Both of them informed the jury that night they heard loud noises coming from the couple's home, but they assumed Nut and Dawn were simply intoxicated after the day's nuptials. Kimberly Alcock then provided the jury with a detailed account of her tumultuous relationship with the defendant. Describing Thomas Nutt as a Jekyll and Hyde character, Kimberly explained that he would oscillate between being loving and pleasant and suddenly turning violent. 
She disclosed that he had repeatedly proposed to her, but she refused, feeling trapped, like a prisoner unable to escape. The next witness was Dr. Kristen Hope, the pathologist who confirmed the nut's description of punching Dawn in the face and then wrapping his arm around her neck was consistent with her findings. Dr. Hope stated, He described striking her in the face with the palm of his hand. It is possible such a blow could have caused a black eye and fractured her nose. It is also possible that after sustaining this, Dawn impacted against an unyielding surface and sustained additional bruising, but the possibility Thomas Nutt inflicted more than one blow cannot be excluded. Despite her efforts, Dr. Hope could not determine the precise time of death, but she confidently concluded that the cause of death was compression of the neck. Alistair MacDonald QC asked Dr. Hope whether Dawn could have sustained her injuries in a fall, and she replied that would be very uncommon. Surprisingly, considering the defendant's plea, following the pathologist's testimony, defence counsel Stephen Wood QC announced to the court, Mr. Nutt will not be giving evidence nor will we be giving evidence on his behalf. During closing arguments, Alistair MacDonald QC referred to Thomas Nutt as a seasoned, practiced liar. He explained it was the prosecution's case that the jury should not believe a word the defendant had said. MacDonald told the jury, He is a master of deceit, and he sought to avoid detection by plotting a series of messages from Dawn to Kira, and followed that through. You know there is not the slightest of doubt, because he has admitted that when he was carrying out that deception, Dawn was dead. Thomas Michael Nutt is a man who has demonstrated a tendency to attack his female partners restricting their breathing while beating them mercilessly about the head. There are striking similarities between what his ex-partner says happened to her and the description given by Dawn in her 999 calls, the body cam footage from a police officer, and further in a statement. Thomas Michael Nutt is a man who ruthlessly dominated at least two women to the point which they were not mistresses of their own actions. The prosecutor went on to say that the defendant had spurned the opportunity given by the legal system to go into the witness box. MacDonald argued that it was the prosecution's case that Nutt refused this opportunity because he knew that he could give no answers that would stand up to the scrutiny of cross-examination. For the defence, in Stephen Wood QC's closing arguments, he referenced an MP who said they wanted to get rid of the jury system, then added... Those of us who appear in these courts, who appear every single day, prosecuting and defending, wouldn't have it any other way for a millisecond. When you come into this courtroom, 
We don't ask you to pull on a Superman cape, but we are asking you to do what you do every single day of your lives. So no special skills required, because every single day of your lives you judge people without thinking about it. You judge situations, what you are told, what you see, and you judge what you give, and you make decisions based off all of that. You make those decisions based on everyday common sense. You will all know that it is unfair to judge a case like this based upon stereotypes. You will all know it is unfair to judge a case like this based on prejudice and preconceptions. And you will all know it is unfair to judge this case on emotion. The barrister agreed that the jury, as well as himself, would be appalled at how Thomas Nutt acted in the aftermath of Dawn Walker's death, but said that despite accepting that his client's actions were cruel, that was not going to help them decide the crucial issue in the case. Quote, If he did kill her before he left, are they the actions of someone thinking straight? just leaving the body in the house under the cover of darkness. He could have taken the body and disposed of it anywhere in Skegness. After the closing arguments, the jury were dismissed to deliberate whether Thomas Nutt had killed his wife in a fit of rage or had done so when he was not of sound mind and did not intend to cause her serious harm. Three hours later, they returned with a verdict, finding Nutt guilty of the murder of Dawn Walker. Judge Jonathan Rose addressed the jury, informing them that they had likely experienced enough distress during the court case and would not be required to serve on a jury for another ten years. The only outcome for murder was an automatic sentence of life, but the judge needed to set a minimum term that Thomas Nutt would serve behind bars before he could be considered for parole. The sentencing hearing was scheduled for August 19th. As Thomas Nutt was escorted out of Bradford Crown Court, Dawn's family erupted into cheers, while Nutt muttered, Fuck you. The senior Crown Prosecutor from the CPS, Emma Covington, described how the day Dawn Walker was married should have been the happiest day of her life, but was instead marked by absolute tragedy when she met her death at the hands of the man she had just married. It's been absolutely devastating for them, not only at the death of their mother and their family member, but the fact that they were told that she was missing rather than, than dead. Um, and the fact that such... Um, deception took place in the aftermath of the incident uh, and the trauma caused to the daughter by being driven around uh, by this defendant uh, purporting to look for her mother uh, when he clearly knew that she was back at the property and um, uh, that that has been uh, particularly distressing i think
on August 19th, Thomas Nutt returned to court for the trial sentencing phase. Victim impact statements were presented by Dawn Walker's loved ones, including her sister Lisa. Lisa expressed how Nutt had manipulated Dawn and isolated her from her family for three years. Emotion overcame Lisa, and she said, I mourn for my sister who suffered so much and felt like she had nobody to turn to because this man made her feel worthless. Lisa conveyed the compounded pain and loss experienced by the family, along with the horror of how Nutt had handled Dawn's body by hiding it in a cupboard while pretending to search for her. Lisa poignantly wondered aloud if Dawn truly knew how deeply she was loved by her entire family. Dawn's daughter Kira also provided a victim impact statement, and speaking to the defendant said, This man took the most beautiful soul. He's the most selfish person I know. What he did to my mum is beyond cruel. Kira explained that her mother worked hard and then came home to cook and clean, yet Nutt still disrespected her. Cody, another one of Dawn's daughters, spoke next, expressing the profound impact her mother's murder had on the entire family. In a statement that was repeated in part outside the courtroom, she stated... There are no words to describe how it feels for us every single day, waking up knowing what this person did to her. It is truly heartbreaking for each and every one of us. We will have to live with his actions for the rest of our lives. Could we have done more to protect her from him? I pray he is never allowed to do this to another family. Today he is finally held accountable for his actions, and I hope he is never allowed to abuse manipulate or take away the life of another woman. Before announcing the sentence, Judge Rose directly addressed Thomas Nutt, delivering a scathing assessment of his character. He stated, Dawn Walker died because you are a bully, used to getting your own way with women, used to controlling and manipulating women, and used to using your considerable size advantage to inflict violence on women if you considered it necessary to do so. Judge Rose then sentenced Thomas Nutt to a minimum term of 21 years, before explaining that the parole board would only release him if they were satisfied that he no longer posed a danger to the public. After passing the sentence, Judge Rose thanked those in the public gallery and paid tribute to how Dawn's family acted during the court proceedings. He also commended the officers involved in the investigation. Outside of court, Detective Inspector Amanda Wimbles described Dawn Walker's murder as a dreadful crime especially given the couple had only recently married. The officer went on to say, Our thoughts continue to be with Dawn's family, 
who have shown great dignity and strength through what has understandably been a devastating time for them. No verdict or sentence will bring Dawn back to her family. I hope, however, that in getting justice they can begin to move forward with their lives. We encourage any victims of domestic abuse or coercive and controlling behaviour to come forward and report it to one of our specialist safeguarding officers, who will listen and provide the necessary support. So where are we now? After the sentence was imposed, Thomas Nutt was escorted to a Category B prison in Leeds to begin serving his life sentence. Just days into that sentence, he was attacked by a fellow inmate in the prison's exercise area. He sustained extensive bruising, abrasions and cuts, and according to one source, quote, he looked like he had been beaten up by Alexander Rusik. Not is a bully and was acting the big I am around the wings. He made himself a target. Another prisoner took exception to his antics and gave him a good pasting. He was a mess afterwards. Not is considered the lowest of the low, and he will be frantic with worry that he is now a big target. He will be looking over his shoulder. In the subsequent month, an application was made under a scheme that addresses sentences deemed too lenient. The Attorney General's office was requested to review the case and determine whether Nutt's sentence should be referred to the Court of Appeal to consider if it was unduly lenient. Under the rules of the unduly lenient sentence scheme, the Attorney General's office had 28 days from the date of the sentence to make a decision. The Attorney General had the authority to refer it to the Court of Appeal, which could maintain the sentence, deem it unreasonably low and increase it, or refuse to hear the case. This scheme allows victims, their families, prosecutors and the public to request a review of sentences they believe to be excessively lenient. However, weeks later it was decided that Nutt's sentence would not be referred to the Court of Appeal. The following month, Thomas Nutt's counsel lodged an appeal against his conviction. As of the time of this recording, that appeal is ongoing. Thank you for listening, and special thanks to our patrons for their support. For more information on this episode... Please see the show notes or visit our website, theywalkamonguspodcast.com.
Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.